Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, from wherever or whenever you are listening right now. And welcome to this bonus episode of the Churchosity Podcast. I am your host, the Theological Coordinator. These are the types of episodes that I like to call the postscripts, because these are the things that I think about when the record button is off and when things are quiet. So thank you so much for listening. Anytime there's a major life-changing event in a person's life, there is beyond the shadow of a doubt, major excitement, enthusiasm, and passion in that individual's life. Whether that event was positive or negative, there seems to be a sense of urgency not only to bask in the outcome of the event, but a curious zeal to tell everyone about it. The same is completely true about anyone who becomes a born-again Christian. Not only in my own personal life, but in the lives of countless other Christians, I have seen this overwhelming effect and how intense the desire to share with others. This conversion experience is what I believe to be the foremost element to true evangelism. Unless there is a real, authentic turning of an individual from their opposition to Jesus Christ into a regenerated, dependent follower of Him, there is no evangelism. It can be said that there are many evangelists who have been trained in the lingo of modern Christendom for the sake of making fortunes as a result of their ministry. But I believe true fruit comes from a divine source, Jesus Christ speaking and working through a true converted believer. There also is a calling to be an evangelist. I know several men and women with this call in their lives. They are very easy to identify, in my opinion. These individuals literally cannot keep their mouths quiet about the saving power of Jesus when they are around anyone. I have said it many times to my evangelist friends, you would share the gospel with a tree if it had ears to hear. This is exciting to witness and definitely not a gift everyone has been given. The Apostle Paul said, and he gave some as evangelists. That's from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. These people have been specifically gifted by the Holy Spirit for heralding the salvation through Jesus Christ. Their gift is clearly demonstrated, and they use it without reservation or hesitation. All are exhorted through Scripture, however, to be a pronouncer of the gospel in all that we do within our ministries. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, again, the Apostle Paul, he's writing in regards to a time when many will not wish to follow after the things of God or seek after proper doctrine. They will create their own dogmas and their own religious beliefs to appease their own selfish desires. But Paul charges Timothy, be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. That's in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. Another important key element to evangelism is perseverance. The ability to stay the course, not waver in our faith or zeal for sharing it, despite what everyone else, including those in the church community, are saying. Believing, 
or criticizing. It is having the assurance that no one can say we never were verbal about our faith, but rather we are confident in the face of adversity. In the summer of 1987, I was involved in a summer of service evangelism project with a very popular youth mission organization. This specifically involved evangelism to teens who were living on the streets of downtown Seattle and lasted for two weeks. During this experience, there were many occurrences of young people coming to Christ and receiving the gift of salvation, obtaining counsel and aid for their addictions, and help with their housing situations. There were a few connections I personally made with some teenage boys who ended up going to the same high school that I went to. There were also many, many confrontational meetings with young people, none of them physical, but extremely verbal. We were laughed at, we were mocked, we were cursed at, we were drenched with food and beverage items while attempts were made to intimidate us. But we kept going, stayed the course, and believed God would not only honor what we were doing, but would protect us through it. After that experience, it became clear to me the Christian message the gospel of Jesus Christ needed to be shared in word and in deed. While I do not believe I am personally gifted with evangelism, I have heeded the call in my life to, quote, do the work of an evangelist whenever and however I can. Having participated in many outreach projects and mission trips through the tools of music, drama, and preaching since my teenage years, I can honestly say it is an extreme honor to testify and proclaim the truth and reality of my Savior, Jesus Christ, to any or all who will listen. When there is opposition, I take it as a sign that I am in fact doing exactly what I am supposed to be doing. With all that goes into evangelism, the Christian must do the groundwork in preparation beforehand. The first thing, prayer tantamount to anything one could ever say about Jesus, seeking him through prayer must come first, specifically praying for my heart to be clean before him, that I not be a blight on his holiness, begging Christ for favor with those I am about to come into contact with, praying for boldness to open my mouth and speak clearly what he wants me to say, not my words, but his words. There is no greater place than at the feet of my Savior. What better way to prepare for evangelism experiences than talking to him? Another important element to pray for is how to care for those who do become followers of Jesus after they make the decision for Christ. I do not believe that there is a one-size-fits-all formula for this, but there does need to be a follow-up system in place to a certain degree. After all, what kind of ministers are we when we boldly proclaim Jesus to the ungodly and then they convert to Christianity and we just move right along to the next group while leaving them to fend for themselves. This is where ministers, pastors, and teachers play the greatest parts in the lives of new believers. The availability of people well-educated theologically and doctrinally would be invaluable, not just to the ministry, but to the brand new believer. Imagine you're a 14-year-old kid and you just moved from the city that you lived in all your life to somewhere you've never even heard of and it's your first day of school. You walk into the building empty-handed and unequipped while prepared to make an attempt at navigating the layout of the building 
connecting with strangers who have already been there, and assimilating to the culture of the students. How awesome would it be if when you opened the door, there was an advisor standing there waiting to welcome you and walk you through your entire first day experience? This individual knows where everything is, knows the personalities of all of your teachers, which students to network with, and of course the ones to avoid, and the geography of the building. Pastors and teachers are those advisors to those newly arriving in the faith. It is imperative to the church that they recognize their job outside the walls is not just to preach the gospel, but to grow each other up in the Lord. Putting the Bible immediately into the hands of a new believer is probably the most crucial thing. Coupled with a well-educated believer, these tools are essential to the first steps for a brand new Christian. As well, churches need to be ready to receive new believers into their congregation. During my experience with that youth ministry organization, this was very much lacking. There were very few churches who were involved with or who were supporting our mission effort, and therefore, most of those young people had nowhere to go for church. And this is shameful in my opinion, and needs to be remedied. We must realize our churches are meant to be equipping all of the saints, especially the new ones. Sharing the gospel truth of Jesus Christ and testifying of the transformation which has taken place in my life is the greatest honor that I can do for him, and it's the greatest honor that anyone can do for Christ. The act of evangelism is not something to be done for the attempt at gaining God's favor, but rather out of the response to God's grace for us. After we gather on Sunday mornings in order to be equipped, we must then scatter throughout in order to evangelize. What could there be in this life more exciting to share about? And that is all I have to say about that. Thank you for listening to the Churchosity Podcast, The Postscripts. Be sure to follow the show on all of the socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Churchosity Pod. Until next time, this is The Theological Coordinator saying, peace.